0: If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 11. I don't know about you, but I've just watched that yellow stuff, I mean, i washed the truck today, tomorrow she is yellow, and everything that goes along with that, runny eyeballs, runny nose. But that's part of life. I've had hay fever and asthma all my life. I suppose I will have it when I leave this, well, I'll leave it behind when I leave this world, thank the Lord. Barriers that hinders the Christian's growth. I want you to pay close attention today. They're very simple points. And every one of us are familiar with every one of them. Matthew eleven twenty eight. come. That's Jesus speaking. If you don't come, it is your and my fault. The invitation is open. And he said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Then he says, take, it's free, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, excuse me, and my burden is light. Father, in the name of Jesus, touch us in a special way today, God. Speak through our hearts, Lord. Speak through my mind, my ears, my lips, my tongue. Lord, if you don't do it, I can't. So I pray that you'd take your word and put it into our hearts and our minds that we will know whether we're right with you or not. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Life is full of barriers, and I will, at the memorial service, tell you about the barriers of last Wednesday morning. I don't want to go into it now, but I will tell you the day of the memorial service But life is so full of barriers. Some of those barriers are harmful. Some of those barriers are helpful. Now when I think of the harmful barriers, in Matthew's Gospel chapter 8, there was a centurion soldier who came to Jesus and he simply said, I have a servant who is very sick. And Jesus said, Okay, I'll just come to your house and we will touch him and heal him. And the centurion said, No, sir. I don't want you to come to my house because I'm not worthy enough for you to come under my roof. But Lord, if you would just speak the word, isn't that powerful? Just the word. Listen, people are saved by the word of God. People are healed by the word of God. So it's necessary. It's important. So he says, if you would just speak the word, my servant will be healed. Now, you know, that says something for that centurion soldier. He had faith in the Lord Jesus that he would heal his servant. Also, in John's Gospel, chapter 4, we find that Jesus was weary. He was tired. And so he went into Samaria, and his disciples forbid him to go, but he went anyway. And while he is there, he went to the well, Jacob's well, and sat down. The Bible says, hold the well. And along comes a Samaritan woman. She has her bucket with her. She's ready to get some water. And she meets a man that she really didn't know, but she realized and knew he was a Jew and she was a Samaritan. And he says to her, how about giving me a drink of water? She said, are you kidding? You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. We don't have no dealing with one another. And besides that, you don't have a thing to draw with. Jesus said, if you knew, listen, if you knew who it was, was asking you for a drink, then you would give him a drink. And he began to share with her. Now, I don't know about you, but I believe that the the woman was saved. Now, somewhere along the line there, I believe that she was saved. She met the master, and he gave her what she needed. She came after, after physical water. And went away with spiritual water. Hindrances. Now, some barriers are, are not only helpful, but um, I mean harmful, but some are helpful. Listen to these David and Goliath, 1 Samuel 17. You remember? All the soldiers backed off because of the giant. And David said, Hey, I'll go up against him. Oh, son, you, you're, just a, you're, you're just a teenager. You can't do that. They'll, they said okay we'll put the armor on you. The Bible talks about putting all that armor on David, he could hardly stand well, for the weight of it. He said, "Get this stuff off me. I don't need anything. Get get it off of me." And so, David, hey, I remember the days of slingshots, shots, okay? I remember those days of slingshots. And David had his own slingshot. And the Bible says he collected some stone, fire, and he went before the giant. And the giant laughed at him, pointed his finger at him, and said, You runt, you sorry little rascal, come out here and going to stir me up. Hey, you've about had it, son. And David said, I represent the Lord. I come before you in the name of the Lord. And I believe, you know what I believe? The Bible don't say this, but I believe he put that stone in that sling and he began to sling it. And every time he went around, he quoted scripture. Whoom, whoom, And I don't know how many times, but I want to say the third time he turned the stone loose, it hit the giant right in the head and he fell dead. And David chopped his head off. Old giant was a hindrance. Until he met somebody who had courage and faith in the Lord. Now, you know, when I think about the hindrances, listen, there are hindrances. You're going to run up on hindrances every day of your Christian life. There are going to be hindrances. So let's look at these hindrances. First of all, the first hindrance is self. Okay? Self. Notice what Galatians 2.20 says. I am crucified with Jesus. That simply means I have died to myself. Self is a hindrance, okay? Self can become a, a major hindrance to our Christian life. Yet I live, and I live through Jesus. And it's not the old self, but it's Jesus who lives in me. Even though I am still, he says, in, still in the fleshly body, I try hard to live by faith and not by sight. The reason I do this is because Jesus loves me and gave himself for me. And he continues to give himself for me. That's the number one hindrance. His self. Self. Think about yourself. I think about myself, okay? We want what we want. We want it when we want it. And we want it as long as we can want it, Okay? So, self, not only self, but the second thing that hinders our Christian growth is this, sin, pure sin. Listen, it it, it is the greatest hindrance in all the world, is sin. And the Bible says in Romans 3.23, what's it say? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I want you to repeat after me, okay? We're going to look at that scripture we're not going to say, for all have sinned. We're going to say, for I have sinned. Okay? Are you ready? For I have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, you have admitted you are a sinner. Oh, me, that hurts, don't it? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us. There's not a one in here that's, that, that is without sin. Remember what Jesus told those, that crowd in in front of that woman caught in the act of adultery? Ye who have not sinned, pick up a stone and let's kill her with the rocks. Not a one. The Bible says they dropped their rocks. They walked away, probably because they were guilty of being with her. Sin is a horrible thing. All, no one is excluded here. Um, All have sinned. Other words, that means we have overstepped the boundary between good and bad. We have departed from the right. Now, you know, it's easy to do the wrong. Sometimes it's tough to do what's right. To do what is right. There, there's a boundary there. And the devil sees to it that that boundary is moving right in there. It's called sin. It's called missing the mark. It's called failure to meet God's standards. And listen, it's not my standards. It's it's what the holy word of God says. It's God's standards that all of us could come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and not die and go to a devil's hell. Every person that's in hell right now, they're there because of sin. You know what sin they committed, the reason they're there? Somebody tell me. What sin did they commit is the reason they're in hell? Come on. Rejecting Jesus Christ. That's the only sin that they are guilty of. Rejecting Jesus. Every time somebody witnesses to you or me, and, and we if we were lost and we said, no, I don't, I don't want that. We we're committing a sin against our Lord. And if people continue to do that, It makes no difference if you want to put people in categories, whether they're a bad person or a good person. The thing is, have they been saved? That's the bottom line. Have they been saved? Yesterday, I ran up on two people. They didn't speak like I spoke. So I knew they was not from here. So I says to them, where are you all from? They said, we're from Jerusalem. I said, "Wow, that's where our Lord walked." He said, "That's right." Well, we went on talking to him. He, he said, "Now I'm 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 Muslim." I said, "Okay." He said, and I, I, he said, "I believe in the Lord. I believe He was a prophet, but He said I worship, uh, you know who they worship." And I says to him, "I said, let me tell you something. I says Jesus is the only one who lived, who died." And rose again. I said, all these other crowd are dead. Now, what do you do with that? I do not know. I know where he lives. He gave me his name, his wife's name. He has a big farm here in our county. And I said, I will be to see you. I got his phone number. Hey. And he invited me. Yes, I want you to come to see me. Okay? Sin will keep me from going if I'm not careful. Oh, you don't want to go down there. Hey, you can't win him no way. He wasn't born here. He don't function like you function. He don't believe like you believe. You can't handle, hey, I can go, okay? Bible says to go ye therefore. Everywhere. Barriers that hinder the Christian growth, self, sin. And then the last one is this. Satan. Excuse me, Satan is our number one enemy. 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Okay, be sober. What's that mean? He's not talking about being sober from alcohol. He's talking about be clear thinking. Clear thinking. Listen, you look, look, let me do something with you as I do it with me. Pretend you can look inside your heart. Right now. What do you see? Well, I see and I know there's blockages there. Okay. And I would be lying if I said there was no sin there. Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us. So, the devil knows what's in our heart. He also knows, if we're saved, that our soul is in the care of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be sober he says. Clear thinking he says. Be alert is what he is saying. Be vigilant. In other words keep watch. We've got to watch for the devil y'all. God is blessing this place. More than we deserve. But we must be cautious. We must be careful. Because the devil as he said. Like a roaring lion. Or other words that be vigilant. Keep alert. Be on the ball. Your adversary, the Antichrist. Listen, they're everywhere. What is the an Antichrist? Anybody that does not believe in Christ. That is an Antichrist, okay? And it also says that the devil is a liar. It says he is the father of lies. Roaring lion. or words, he is hungry for saved souls. The devil's not after the saved of the lost, y'all. He's already got them. But he's after you and me, and he sets traps for us. He sets hindrances for us every day that will keep us from doing what God wants us to do. So, what are we supposed to do? Luke 9, 23 says, If any man, if any man will come after me, there's the self. Self keeps us from going after the Lord. But if any man will come after me, Let him deny himself as a self and take up his cross. You know what hinders us from taking up the cross of Jesus? Sin. Let him take up that cross daily and Jesus said, follow me. Follow me. Um, 1 John 1, 9. Now listen, this verse is to Christians. It's not to the lost. If we confess our sins. How do you know that's to the lost preacher? Because the lost person is only guilty of S-I-N. And that's not believing in Jesus. You and I saved people, we're guilty of S-I-N-S. So it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. All right? Now, where do we go from there? James 4, 7 and 8 says, submit. Here again, you're going to have to get get out of the way, get yourself out of the way. Submit ourselves to God. And you know what will happen if we submit? That scripture continues. It says, resist the devil. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And he will leave you. He will flee from you. He will withdraw from you. Just as he withdrew from Jesus after he tempted our Lord three times. The Bible says, and, and the devil left him. And the devil left him. Withdraw from us. But that verse continues, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So it's just how much God do you want. Just how faithful do you want to be. You've got to deal with self first. Then you've got to confess your sins. Then you've got to tell the devil where to go. We know where he's going. His final destination is hell. And he's taken all he can with him. Listen, God has already destroyed the greatest barrier when he died on the cross. You know, the temple in those days was divided up into three parts. The courtyard, the holy place, and the holy of holies. Where uh, the priest, uh, the holy place where the priest only entered once a year to make an offering for sin. That high priest could only go in the holy of holy place. No one else was allowed in there. But when Jesus died on the cross. Now what's the holy place from the holy of holies? A big massive curtain. A big massive curtain. It was a barrier. Well, when Jesus died, he did away with that barrier. The Bible says when Jesus bowed his head and gave up the ghost, that the, the, the veil of the temple, that is the curtain, was top to bottom. And when I think of that, the scripture reads from top To bottom, meaning you and I could not tear it. We could have tore it from the bottom up. But then that would have said, hey, look what i done. But it was torn from top to bottom. Our Lord split that curtain wide open. What for? To open up access so you and I, we don't have to go through a priest. We don't have to go through anybody. We can pray to God Almighty ourselves. We teach our little good news killer. You ask them, when can you pray? They'll say, anytime. They say, who do you pray to? God. They know what happened to Jesus. He died on the cross. Listen, they, they know that stuff. From the time they enter Good News Club is in the kindergarten all the way till they leave us. And I praise God for the Good News Club. But he opened up that access. Now, there's no more barrier between God and man. That we shouldn't, we shouldn't let anything, hey, listen, we shouldn't let anything hinder us from following Jesus. I don't care what your excuse is this morning. It don't matter to me. You might say, well, preacher, this is why I don't attend church, or, or this is why I haven't accepted Christ, or this is why I'm not faithful to church, is because of this. You have a hindrance somewhere. I'm going to tell you what to do with that hindrance. <clears throat> you need to ask God to take that hindrance away regardless of what that hindrance is, God loves you and God loves me and nobody can take his love out of our heart. Hello? Nobody. It's there. Our Lord put it there. I praise God for the faith and and hey, it is what it is. So don't, listen, don't rob yourself of serving the Lord. There's not a better person to serve wherever you are. In your walk with him, look at your heart. Check it. And every time I go to the cardiologist, hey, he's listening to my neck, he's listening to my chest, my back, and saying, breathe deep. He's listening for something. Well, let me tell you something. God don't have to tell us to breathe deep, but he might cause us to breathe deep. He might cause us to to slow down and take a look because we're not put to stay here. You heard Brother Dean talk, hey, that's her spot. And nobody can take that spot. She lived out her faith and her life to the last few seconds of her life. Praise God. What an example. If you're lost today, I invite you to Jesus. That's the most, that's the most important invitation you can get. Come, Jesus said, come, come, come. Why don't you come? You only know. You and God only know what that hindrance is this morning, but I pray that you lay that hindrance down, that you would look to Jesus hanging on the cross and no more than that, as he arose from the grave and made himself present and gone and soon to return. Listen, there is nothing else prophetically to happen before Jesus comes. Nothing. Nothing has to happen. He could come any moment. Any moment, will you be left behind? I beg you to come. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the privilege to call you our Father. Now, Lord, I pray. I pray in the name of Jesus that you touch hearts and lives. Lord, you're the only person that knows all of our hearts. And so I pray today, God, that you would speak to our hearts. And Lord, help us to have the courage It takes to do what you ask us to do, to get rid of the hindrances, to get self out of the way, to confess our sins, and to turn our back on the devil. In Jesus' name, amen.